Hey everybody, you're listening to Comics and Bars Throwing Axes. Thanks for listening. Today we have the very enigmatic Eric Thompson. Fort Collins comedian, self-proclaimed introvert, one of the funniest dry sets you're going to see in Colorado. Bookers, book him. He's got a solid 10. He was at the Moxie last month. Crush the room. Find him at any open mic in Colorado today. We've been traveling. We've been hustling these jokes. And he's one of the hustlers, man. Seen him at a lot of mics in Denver. Cheyenne. He's out there doing jokes. Check him out. Go check out the open mics. Support your local scene. Who knows? You might have this tall drink of water come by and make you laugh. All right, everybody. Let's get to know Eric Thompson a little bit more, huh? He came down for Comics and Bars, so an axes. And we have a very funny Fort Collins comedian, Eric Thompson, the Lowester. What up? It's a popping day. Really, it's a nice day. Mm-hmm. Weather-wise, super nice out. We've got people coming in to the Hatch House, getting tickets and getting everything set up for later. So if you hear some people that aren't a part of the podcast, it's customers. Business. Business time. Perfect podcast studio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, it's a studio with axes and targets and cash register, I suppose. Right. You gotta have plenty of echo when you record a podcast. Yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. Well, I figure on location would be more fun than, you know, oh, yeah. Yeah. No, in the backyard with a giant tree and a couple of... Exactly. It's a bit, it, it is more fun place to record a podcast than some fucking studio. But you are unlike a lot of my, a lot of my guests... Um, Alright, this sorry, this is a, it's gonna make a noise. This podcast is brought to you by Rain Total Body Fuel, orange dreamsicle flavor. Thank you, Jerry Chandler, for turning me on to these. I drink them like the candy. I'm gonna die tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> you have thrown axes before. You're not uh, you're not at the X-Rang version. Yeah, I threw them at the Renaissance Festival a long time ago, but like it was a total con. Cause as you just wetted the board, I mm-hmm. saw that the axes stick a lot better. Oh, yeah. They did not wet the board at the Renaissance Festival. In fact, Ooh. it is in the mountains where it's dry as fuck and there's wow. constantly forest fires. What's so. amateurs at the Renfin? No, it's not amateurs. They're hustlers, dude. Okay, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Well, is it like a thing that if you get it to stick, you get something? Or? Yeah, that's like the oh, whole point. Where okay. if you stick it in the target, then like you get prizes. Okay, I haven't you done pay it. them. I haven't done the Renfin axe or anything. I'm very spoiled with my Greeley Hatchet House. Well, now you know not to. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. But no, yeah, who knew that if you wipe your wood, things would stick better? Mm-hmm. There's a joke there somewhere. Oh, yeah. Hey, yo. Um, <laughs> thanks, thanks for coming down. I've yeah, had, of course, man. I've had so many people cancel on me for whatever reason or not because, uh, you know, just either they don't have a car or what was one of the reasons? Uh, they went into rehab or <laughs> <laughs> they just couldn't make it. Or, you know, because we can only get here, any, any of you guys that are listening and want to do this, because I'm probably going to do a shout-out for comedians coming down. You can't really do it um, because it's, it's like we do it weekday afternoons. Everybody has day jobs. Mm-hmm. And the weekends are, are like the cash cow for this place. Like, this place is popping, banging on the weekends. Like, right. Cool. You, you'll be lucky to get laid. Thank you so much. Hey, of course, Thank man. you for coming down. Oh, yeah. part of it. I know it's really... <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fine, man. I like really. I like Greeley too. Yeah. I feel like we're like three Cheyennes. Yeah, honestly, I mean, I think Longmont's shittier than Greeley. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was thinking of on the way up here because of our conversation. So Eric and I have been hustling a lot this this past what two three weeks. Mm-hmm. It's been three weeks now. We've gone to almost every mic we can do between Denver and Cheyenne. Yeah. Slanging these jokes. 
We'd be hustling these jokes. So I love Jeff as a person, but I hate the articles and trash. Screw your articles, Jeff. I feel that. <laughs> but it's, you know, sometimes you gotta take a break and shit. Picking a fight on the podcast. Picking a fight on the podcast. <laughs> He's got his own podcast, too. He's, he's, podcast Wars! Was his podcast? I don't know. Didn't he have one? I thought he had one. No? I have no idea. Maybe he, he will start a podcast specifically to start a war. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, so we've been hustling a lot. And on these conversations, we've been talking about dietary restrictions. Ketosis is just happy anorexia. Rebuttal. I mean, happy anorexia because you just... Well, I mean, like, you still eat, though. That's the thing. Like, people yeah. with anorexia just pretty much stopped eating altogether. True. True. There's that Whereas, like, slight hiccup. With keto, you, you actually eat stuff. You just don't eat it as often. Like, I, okay, I guess it's anorexic for an American, but... <laughs> like, it's not, it's not super... Fucking unhealthy or anything, I don't know. Yeah, no, I get, yeah, you yeah. Eat, but still, I just, the way people talk about it is, is fascinating to me because it sounds like you're starving your body, but you're not really right. are eating some stuff. Well, in some ways you are. You're, you're just like starving your body because you're not feeding it a whole bunch of carbs, but like, you know, there's so much food in America. Like, the fact that... You remember the KFC Double Down? Yeah. The bacon sandwich that oh, was God. two pieces of fried chicken instead of bread? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a, uh, yeah, dude. That's like... <laughs> and those crazy food bowls that were just like bowls stuffed with whatever... Right. Like, people... There's people who eat that like it's a regular meal. My hat's off to you, America. Right. And your fascinating food structures. Don't get me wrong. It's a beautiful country. It's just... We're fat, we're fat as fuck. We're fat. Yeah, it's true. With a P and an H. Yep. And I was telling you the only thing that ever worked for me was like the P90X routine. And that's expensive, man, just because they got you buying like 3,000 calories worth of food every day. Right. And then you got to buy like all the equipment for it. Whereas yeah. like keto, you could do, it's just meat and cheese and salads. So you don't like, you know, well, you have to eat salads so you have fiber because otherwise it's just going to be constipation. I had a salad the other day. I feel mm-hmm. like I hadn't had one for like years. Right. And for some reason, my body was like the happiest it was in years because yeah. it was like, oh my God, salad. Exactly. Salads are pretty dope. Like yesterday I made a chicken salad with garlic mushrooms on top. Ooh, that shit was awesome. Yeah, and that sounds great. I didn't even put any dressing on it because it was just so, the mushrooms were so it. oily. Yeah, yeah. You didn't need it. You didn't need it. Exactly. My favorite salad of all time is it's made with spinach, cranberries, walnuts, feta, and like apple chunks. It's kind of That's like a good a, salad. And I think I've, it's I've like had a that one before. Raspberry too. vinaigrette on it. I don't. I forget mm-hmm. what you call it. It's like candied walnut sometimes. Exactly. I forget what it's called, but that's a that's a good one. That is a good salad. I've had that one flavors. at King Supers. Burst of flavors. Anyway, so this is a comedy podcast, and we're talking about food. Yeah. What's going on? How do we find Eric Thompson comedy in town? Oh, you know, just. Hit the open mics. I'm not booked on anything right now. Not Yet. really doing shit. But hey, if you want to buy stuff off my eBay or Poshmark, you hey. can do that too. Okay. Yeah. eBay Poshmark. Is there is there mm-hmm. a specific way to do that? Yeah. Just go to uh, fucking for Poshmark. It's yellow eight eight two. That's my username. Okay. I got a whole bunch of clothes on there. And then right. for eBay, what is it? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot my fucking username for eBay. Posh is Posh is a better website than eBay anyway. Yeah. So just use Posh. 
eBay's dead. Fuck eBay. Fuck eBay. Yeah. It's a bullshit website. You know what I hate about eBay? eBay, they let you buy shit, but then they don't force you to pay for, like, days. Interesting. Like, you can buy something on eBay, and then just wait, like, two days until you have to pay for it. And nobody's gonna ship it in the meantime, but, like, you just make people wait because... There's motherfuckers who make me wait for payment all the time. <laughs> but yeah, as far as comedy, um, I don't, I'm not getting booked on any shows. Were you just at the right Moxie, now. weren't you? Weren't you at the I was at the Moxie because you booked me on it. Mm-hmm. But uh, other than that, yeah, I haven't really done any shows. But all the open mics in Denver and uh, Cheyenne and Squirrelly have any open mics yet? Not yet. Uh, well, we're doing Trivia Interrupted on the 22nd of this month. Okay. But that's a showcase, right? That's not, not really. It's no? more, I mean, it's so I'm learning so much about the open mics in Colorado because I guess there's a format. Thursday night, I'm doing Abbott and Wallace Distilling in Longmont. Mm-hmm. And that is a booked open mic. I'm using air quotes right now. Yeah. Booked open mic. So it's like, it's more about getting the names of Colorado down there for them to, and, and they're basically told, work on your material if you want, do a polished set if you want. But the reason the people here are because they recognize your name and your face and they want to see you. You know, Mandy and Ryan will, will call you and be like, hey, you want to come down to this and do this mic? Right. You know, book you up that way versus you can just go up there and sign up. Like, there's no sign-up list at this open mic. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's all pre-booked, the lineup is set and all that stuff. Yeah, so you just got to know the host. Right. You got to know the producers in Colorado. Right. Um, okay. But then there's other, you know, the other open mics around. Oh, yeah. There's so many now. Right. So many. And there's only going to be more and more when the vaccines start hitting more and more. Yeah. Do you have any favorites so far? As, as we've been Blush and Blue is pretty Blue's dope. Okay, I yeah. mean, just for the fact that it's next to Voodoo Donuts. Oh, I mean, like, Voodoo. that's amazing. But Dillinger's is pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Epic is great. I like Epic a lot. Oh, yeah. And then um, I like Hangover, too. Hangover is Hangover. <laughs> I mean, it's... <laughs> You know, poor hangover. It's a dive, but yeah, it's sometimes diving is I mean, fun. You know, I, I, and nothing but mad props and respect to Raymond and Brian though for number one finding a venue, <laughs> number two giving a playground that is that type of caliber. Because I think like every comedian should like if you think you're gonna go out and tour America and not find a bar like the Hangover and perform in it, you are sorely mistaken. Like, oh yeah, you yeah. will find a place like the Hangover in every state you try and tour in and if you don't have the skills to navigate that kind of a crowd mm-hmm. you know and then you're gonna be kicking yourself because you had a chance this whole time on Tuesday nights All right. at the hangover bar I mean oh I still remember my first freaking experience there dude going into the bathroom and hearing some guy being like hey man I got your cocaine at the bar just come meet me at the bar man like Ooh. <laughs> oh we in the projects hell yeah this tells All the right. crowd All right. well anytime it says no gang colors and big letters on the door it's gonna be a fun time <laughs> And it's so subjective, too. What exactly is a gang color these days? Right, because, like, this has got blue and a little bit of red on it. Exactly. You can say the sun dyed red, so... So are you a traitor to both? Exactly. Yeah, it's been... uh, And then... I'm a blood and a crip. I'm a bruise. I tried keeping up with gang colors, right? Okay, red and blue, fine. Yeah. But then there was, like, green, and then you couldn't wear yellow for a while, and then you can't wear black, and then you're just like, what? I like Roy Roy Woods Jr. take on it. Mm -hmm. When he was like, hey, man, what hood do you claim? And you're like... Adulthood, sir. <laughs> <laughs> That's a funny joke, yeah. Roy Wood Jr. is great. I'm mad that he came up with that joke. This is one of my favorites. Right. Oh, it's so good. I want to use it. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if like, they're all just really big fans of Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, and that's why they all started dressing in those colors. 
gangs probably copied Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. I don't think there were gangs before that game. Way to go. Who, who makes it? Rockstar Gaming? Exactly. Way to go. Right. Way to ruin South California for everybody. Exactly. You know, Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg, they, they, those guys were just pretending. <laughs> those guys were pretending. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. <laughs> It's the San Andreas crew, that's the real G. That's right, we're, we're reigniting the slight West Coast with the West Coast beef. <laughs> Colorado yeah. versus California. Isn't that weird how it's like, it's not the coast fighting with each other anymore, it's like the Midwest versus the coast now. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's true. I mean, Nelly kind of caused that, because he was from St. Louis. Yeah. And he got so big. Mm-hmm. And he came around after Pac and Biggie died, so... You know, was, that's the other thing that kind of made me mad about that article. Mm. Now I think about it, because you think nobody nobody knocks a hip hop artist or a musical artist for hustling their craft. Yeah, nobody. You're never right. gonna hear anybody being like, "Hey, man, quit hustling that, quit hustling them lyrics." Right. You're gonna hear anybody say that, but I, I start hustling these jokes, and all of a sudden, some lady thinks that. But that's just her opinion, you know. That's the true. only thing is, like, you can only keep pushing for yourself because all of life is just for yourself. Well, I, I did agree with some parts of the article. Right. I was I was mad at the overall message. Yeah, but I, I did agree with the fact that, like, hey, man, if you're burning out, you should take a break. Exactly. Sure. Like the world, and, the comedy world isn't going to stop because you decide to take a day off. Right. And like, if you're afraid of COVID, you don't have to go out to the open mics. Right. But like, yeah. if you want to try going to an open mic, I think you should be allowed to. I didn't like it, but she she was she also wrote an article earlier in the year about how we shouldn't have any live comedy at all. And I'm not on board with that either because there were plenty of outdoor shows that were safe right. and nobody got sick at that everybody had a good time at. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I just, I have my issues with the author and I don't completely agree with the message but I do agree with the fact. Here's, here's what I think she's missing. Hmm. Is okay, we're open micers. We should be hitting every freaking mic we can get just for the experience. Mm-hmm. Right? If I get to a level where I have a polished set and now... I'm getting booked and that becomes my stage time, then okay, maybe think of other priorities because now I have stage time to play with. You know right. what I mean? Right. I don't think anybody should be telling an open micer, stop your hustle. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But to be fair, like, yeah, I think the ultimate thing is it's just an article. Yeah. You know? Like, it'd be one thing if she was the person enforcing laws in the state or something to make it where you can't legally do anything. But if, you know, it's just some chick online, it's best just to ignore it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's really subjective. Right. Like there's situations like East Coast comedy, isn't, that style isn't going to work on the West Coast. West Coast style isn't going to necessarily work in Colorado. It's right. That's why I don't necessarily like uh, stand-up classes and stuff. It's mm-hmm. because I feel like they teach you one person's style right. rather than teaching you your own style. Comics and Bars Throwing Axes is brought to you by 477 Distilling in the heart of wonderfully fragrant Greeley, Colorado. Downtown Greeley, right around the corner from the Rio Grande. Come for the cocktails, stay for the atmosphere. Really good stuff. I'm a big fan of a good amaretto sour. And what they have here for you is the Cherry Sour Sam. It's their version of almondretto, cherry syrup, lemon and lime juices, cherries. They say you should try it with bourbon. I'll have to do that someday. Good stuff. 477 Distilling. Cocktails start at $11 and above. Just go with your friends. Go hang out. You're not going to regret it. And you're probably not going to be able to have just one. Go to 477 Distilling. You can check out the full menu, 477distilling.com. Go with your friends. Enjoy some of the best cocktails Greeley, Colorado has to offer. Yeah. I think I think stand-up classes could be useful in the in the writing. Like, if you treated it like a writing class, 
Yeah, that's one thing. Right. But like to be like, here's how you do stand up. You can do stand up your entire life and still not get all the rules to it. Exactly. You know, it's like it's like chess. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's it's always infinite. Like there's a million different ways you can do it. Like I think it's interesting how um, Mitzi Shore's daughter. She taught stand-up classes in L.A. Okay. And I just remember this because Sebastian Maniscalco was talking about it, mm -hmm. where he said that uh, he took her classes because he thought it would get him an in with her mom. Okay. But then uh, she said, I don't have a good relationship with my mother, so I can't tell you anything about the comedy store. Of and, like, you know... Like, how many people remember Mitzi Shore's daughter? Like, people right. remember Pauly Shore, but can you even tell me Mitzi Shore's daughter's name? Because I, I can't. I'm, no. Yeah, exactly. But she probably made bank off of just the Shore name alone. Yeah, I mean, there, there's so many, too. There's that guy in Wyoming that, like, comes by the mics and does stand up and then advertises his class. Is he good? He's okay. Yeah, okay. Not, like, God's gift to stand up, but... Right. Well, like, here's the thing. Here's the main uh, clue to how his classes might not be the best. He's at an open mic. <laughs> Fucking savage and brutal. Yeah. Like, oh, oh geez. It, I think I should buy stand-up lessons from this guy who's in the exact same fucking place I am. Yeah. Actually, just down deeper because he's probably been doing it for a few years yeah. and he's still at open mics. <laughs> anyway, absolutely brutal. I love it. I've never met the guy, so that's why I'm. You going. weren't there. I feel like you were there for the mic that he was advertising these classes. No, I don't know. Nah. Yeah, he was up there and he had flyers and everything. Oh. Guy. And Dominic <laughs> let him go, man, for like 15 minutes. Right. He was up there and man, yeah. I'm gonna start a beef with this guy on your podcast, and then <laughs> never gonna know where to respond to the beef at because I don't know his social media. Well, what's or interesting name. is they always have that possible rebuttal, like, well, how many classes have you taught? And like, hey. None, because yeah. I'm not a fucking con man. Okay, well, I'll be down. I'll play. <laughs> Damn it. I'll, play, uh, <laughs> I'll play devil's advocate with you real quick. Okay. Steve Martin's master class. Steve Martin's oh, yeah, yeah. comedy. What do you think about that? I, 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 that's the one place where I do think it actually kind of works. But Steve Martin, like, okay, here's the also rebuttal with Steve Martin. Steve Martin is a really good teacher of comedy because he's not necessarily the best comedian. You know, okay. like, That's like his, <laughs> his state, well, like, you know, I've heard this multiple times and I kind of agree with it. His old stand-up from the 70s, it's really funny. Yeah. But it's him doing a character that's making fun of stand-up. Like, he's kind of making fun of bad stand-up. Whereas, like... He's not necessarily doing it all from the heart, like, say, Richard Pryor, where sure. okay. Richard Pryor was authentic and raw to, like, beyond anybody else ever has been. Sure. You know? But you would take a class with Steve Martin. Oh, yeah, yeah, because he's funny. What about Judd Apatow? He also has a master class. I don't think Judd, Judd Apatow is that funny. I mean, his movies are funny, but I've seen his stand-up on, like, from Comedy Central and stuff. Not that funny. Yeah. So I wouldn't take a mat. I wouldn't take a class from stand up with him. Mm -hmm. I feel like his podcast is just turning into a shit talk about You're just like, comedians. Fuck everything off, exactly. Articles. Screw your screw your master class. I like things. We do like we love comedy. That's yeah. what, maybe maybe that's what it is. We're so bitter that we're trying to protect the craft when really I have no business protecting it. Like what am I? <laughs> exactly. 
I'm a comic for really what's going on. Also, it's just fun to bitch. True. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, we've been it's, kind of. It's fun. Our, it's fun to complain about. Maybe it's things. the first signs of burnout. Maybe we've been going to too many open mics here, and we need to take a break. Oh no! I, 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 the whole reason I got into comedy is just because I love complaining. If I can do it in a funny way, at least I can get away with it. Not you know, just I, the asshole who complains about everything. I don't mind the grind. It kind of keeps you busy. It does. Know, it's a you, thing to do. How far are you in Sam Callen's book right now? Running the light. Have you read the whole thing yet? I haven't read any of it. You haven't yet. read any of it. I haven't okay. bought it yet. Okay, you're gonna have to get it mm -hmm. sooner or later. I mean, just jump on the bandwagon. I was very anti-bandwagon with the book too. I was like, I don't want to get it. It's not even that. Everybody's just, getting it. I just spend too much time playing video games oh. and nothing else. Fair enough. Yeah, Fair enough. No, yeah. Well, so I've been doing the same five minutes for the past year. <laughs> you should take. You should take the Jared Chandler challenge. Of like, writing in of writing in minutes? Just, well, yeah. He yeah. actually, well, that was just the funny part. Like, okay, so we're at the beginning of the year. Because I always think of comedy uh, years as like seasons. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, this is you know, the new season for 2021 comedy or whatever. Yeah. So we're at the beginning of the year. And Jared's, <laughs> we're thinking about what we want to do for it. And, you know, we're, we're, we're brainstorming the year. We're, our hopes and dreams are coming out. And Jared's like, we should challenge each other to write a new five minutes this year. I was like... I'll take that challenge. Sounds easy enough. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, of course, there's no mics in right. January. <laughs> and then so I start getting to every mic I can. Right. You know, the interesting thing about stand-up is, like, to get back to that grind thing you were talking about. Mm -hmm. Like, I think the grind, like, you know, I, I, I hate saying that, but fucking the grind, you know. Grind. Right. Grind. It makes you sound like a shitty... Get on my level, bro. Like a... A guy who sells seminars on how to make a whole bunch of money, like a Ty really? Lopez or something. That's what I feel like when I say the grind. The grind. Yeah. We gotta get on the grind, bro. <laughs> but we're, we're grinders, dude. Grinding, bro. We're on fucking grinder, dude. Grinder. <laughs> but fucking, um, it's funny, grinder. I think that going out and doing a ton of mics, we'll say that. Uh, I think it actually does help read new material better than just sitting in your room alone because yeah. social interaction I mean for me personally but again everybody's different shoot it, they shoot come it up out. Stuff. Let's, see, let's see the theory man I I, this theory. for me when I have social interaction I tend to just get in flow states more in like conversations and stuff where I just start talking without really thinking about what's going to come out next. And I think that leads to saying funny shit sometimes. And then you write it down, and then that's how you start building up new material. I agree with that, and I also agree that when you socialize with other communities, I mean, you can only get better when you hang out with funny people. Exactly. Like, that's been kind of my thing on these mics, is I get to hang out with, like, who cares if it's a good room? Who cares if it's a bad room? Who cares, like, how many I get to get in the night? I just want to socialize with the funniest people in Colorado and see what I can learn from them, kind of see where their minds are, what angles they take to right. jokes. You know, what do they think is funny? What do they think is not funny? Because how do you know the pulse of your scene mm -hmm. if you're not out in the scene? Yeah. You know, so that's kind of, I agree with you there. Definitely, I'm, I'm very pro-grind. Right. <laughs> Same, honestly. Pro-grinder with jokes. It, um, it's better to get out there and just do it more. But, you know, at the same time, if people don't want to and... Like, they write articles about it. I think it's better just to not read the article. Yeah. You know? Sure, why not? Or it's fun to argue about it with other people. Exactly. It's That's fun it. to argue and talk it, it, it is fun to complain, like I said earlier. Again, so. love you, Jeff, but I hate your article. Okay. Um, 
It's not even his article. He <laughs> just shared it. He just shared it. Yeah. Him and Cody just shared it. We're like, screw you guys. Right. No, just kidding. We love Jeff Albright. We love Cody Cardinal. They're both good dudes. They just oh, have yeah. bad taste in articles. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or who knows? I'm sure a lot of people would agree with it. There was a lot of agreement with it at first. Mm -hmm. There's a lot you of people know, who like it. I see both sides of it. I just don't agree with a lot of it. So. Right. Well, to me, it's like, you know what it is? It's going to the gym. That's what doing yeah. comedy and the open mics is mm -hmm. like. Is you know, if you don't go for a while, you get weak and atrophied, and you forget how to do everything, basically. Right. But if you go too much, you start to like work out the muscles too much, and you get fucking sore, and you know it leads to fucking it up. There is there was part one part of the article that I did feel kind of empathetically towards, and that was when she mentioned. Uh, the feeling that comedians feel like they have to be on all the time. Right. That, to me, sounds like a real personal problem because mm -hmm. if you honestly think that you have to be on all the time as a comedian, dude, I'm going to tell you right now, take a break, like right now as you're listening to this. Take a deep breath and realize that nobody thinks you're funny. No, but seriously, I, I, felt, for that. I felt that. Like, what is that? What do, you, do you think there's any validity to that? Did you ever get that feeling of like, oh, I'm a comic now, now I have to be funny all the time? Did you ever feel any of that? Uh, some, to some degree, when like, like last year before, I, the pandemic really did help get rid of that for me, mm -hmm. of like, I constantly have to be funny and constantly have to be like this because then it's going to just develop into a good thing. But like, you know, taking a break from it did show me that it's good to have your own self to go back to and not like the character yeah. that you put on stage constantly. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, because even if you don't do a character on stage, you know, like Andrew Dice Clay is literally a character. His mm -hmm. name is Andrew Silverstein. But like every comedian has some type of mask they put on when they go up on stage. Right. With how they deliver jokes and stuff. I don't think I, I think America has a fascination with funny people and their inner kind of circle. I know I do for sure. Like if I find somebody that's funny, like you know, you don't have to prove to me that you're funny once I see you on stage. Yeah. Now I'm more interested in like who you are, like what was it that brought you to comedy? Right. What, what made you funny? Yeah, what is the motivations behind your jokes? That's that's what I'm like the meat, like the you know, the meat of the joke. That's what I'm more interested in, but mm -hmm. You know, a lot of, I think, and I think America kind of has that fascination with like, okay, we love funny people, but we also kind of want to know everything about them. Well, that's just true for celebrity in general. Sure. Like, people are obsessed with the royal family, even though it's not our fucking country. Yeah. Like, and Prince Philip, I'm, so, I'm sorry, I'm tired of seeing that yeah. photo on, like, he's old. Like, super old. Mm -hmm. Like. Yeah, they've, they've got him uh, like hooked Crypt up. Like, Keeper Old, like... Oh, yeah, yeah. They've got him hooked up to the shit they had that, uh, Bane on. Right. He's like, wow. Yeah. Do we really need to see this? Can we just... At that point, you show pictures of you when you're young. At that point, I just want to see Prince Philip in his, in his you know, naval uniform or whatever. In right. his 20s. I don't need to see him freaking... And doesn't Prince Philip believe in eugenics? Okay. Or am I crazy about that? Yeah. I mean, his brother did. His brother was a pretty big fan of the Nazis. Yeah. Like, <laughs> before World War somewhere? II, you know, before, what was that? He's got a plasma bank somewhere in his backyard or something? Yeah, yeah. something like that. Or it's like, um, before World War II, their uncle... Hold up. Damn you, boom mic. There we go. Before World War II, 
they had an uncle who was going to be king of England, but then he married an American as well, and then left the monarchy. But he was also a big fan of Nazis mm. and uh, eugenics and all that stuff. Boo, Prince Philip. Versus, yeah. Versus uh, his brother who took over, and then that's the king's speech guy. Interesting. Yeah. Dude, this is why I want to take you to like every trivia contest in Colorado. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, people, if you need a trivia member for your team, uh, Eric will do it for like 50 bucks, and your team will win every time. Sure. So, as long as it's in northern Colorado. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Just get them on your team. Go smash face. Seriously, there's so many nerds in Colorado that think they got Eric Thompson beat, and they're sorely mistaken. They're so yeah. wrong. He's I don't know everything. Just tears him down. I don't know, man. You're, you're like a trivia machine, though. I, I've learned so many interesting facts whenever we hang out. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. I was like, I learned something new today. Did you hang out with Eric? Yes, I did. I did <laughs> hang out with Eric today. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Like, what, what do you, I wanted to bring up, um, because this, I've been having a blast doing this, and I know it seems super bougie and really pretentious, and I promise you it's not. We're just fans of the game. Yes. But I've been bringing a chessboard to these open mics, and I've been having a lot of fun playing these games with other comics. Uh, because there's a lot of funny people in Colorado, there's, and those funny people are just as equally intelligent, and they are savage chess players. <laughs> just, yeah. uh, it's, it's fun. I mean, it really is. What did we at Blush and Blue last night? We had a crowd gathered. We had a crowd of comedians gathered around a chessboard watching two people play, mm-hmm. two local comedians play. And it was like a boxing match. Like oh, was, yeah. we could have been taking bets the whole time, and it would have been awesome. Like, right. In fact, we should start doing that next. Next. <laughs> uh, uh, next open mic, we're gonna do bets with the chess tournament. Here's the thing, though. <laughs> uh, don't you have to have money to bet? We'll we'll, we'll uh, wager donuts at Blush and Blue. Don't you have the money to buy donuts? We'll I don't think, donut I don't think donut. open micers usually have money. I bet there's some people that play chess over at the donut house, so maybe they can... Oh, you, you, no, you can't sit in the... You can't sit in voted donuts. Uh, I know. It's probably a good thing, though, if I could sit in a doo-doo, 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 doo-doo donut. Right. Um, I don't think you've ever been allowed to, though, because it's, like, whenever it wasn't COVID, there were such massive lines out the door. Yeah. It's crazy. But would you want, would you want like, a voodoo donut sit-down spot, though? Would you want that? So I feel like if you did that, you'd lose a lot of money real fast on the day. Although, like, Krispy Kremes are usually sit-down spots and stuff. Yeah, but Krispy Kreme isn't, like, $4 a donut, you know? It's, like... True. What, two? Well, one? neither is... I mean, it depends on what donut, I guess, but neither is Voodoo. Voodoo is, like, 2 bucks or something. No, oh, I've been getting the wrong donuts. I like the big fatty guys. Like, yeah. Give me the one that's $10 and it's, like... Right. A meter. Like the voodoo <laughs> doll, I bet it's probably like four bucks or something. Yeah. I guess those pretzels are kind of pricey. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretzel sticks. No, but yeah, we've been having fun playing chess. Hell yeah. And there's a lot of comics that play chess. And I promise you we're not being pretentious when we do this. It's just fun to play. Like, what is it What is it for you? What is it about playing chess at a open mic that kind I, of... I, I just like the competitiveness of it, I guess. Okay. I, I, I like fighting stuff, I guess. You know, like, I love hockey, too. Because it's all about, you know, how much you can fuck up the other person, essentially. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, chess, in a way, is intellectual boxing. Yes. I mean, that, that sounds pretentious as fuck. But, right. <laughs> you know, 
It's just interesting. It's also how, kind of a trippy game. How can the game be pretentious? It's been around for 700 years. It's a worldwide game. How? I well, it's because it's like still... there's some like the image around chess masters and stuff. Oh yeah, okay. You know, like sure. like every picture of Magnus Carlsen, he looks like a Batman villain. <laughs> he, he doesn't. He never looks like. Like that's why I like Hikaru Nakamura, that guy I sent you the video of today, because he's just a normal dude who like reads memes of himself on Reddit and shit. You remember uh, Blue Sky, the computer that in the eighties that they played chess? Oh, is that the first one to beat a human? Yeah. Yeah. So Blue Sky was super pretty. Mm-hmm. Like they could have just made a block with electronic stuff inside of it, but no, they made it all fancy. They gave it like some fancy plating. They named it Blue Sky, and mm-hmm. it was like, yeah, okay, I can see where the pretentious is coming from. Right. Still, I promise you we're not doing that. But that was a computer thing, too. (laughs) Yeah. That was showing how advanced technology itself could be. The thing that I like about, um, well, here's my theory. Comedy, they say, the best jokes come from uh, benign retaliation. And when you think about chess, the whole thing is just benign retaliation. Like, if you take a piece, I'm not hitting my guy in the face with it. I'm just taking the piece. Right. And he, in turn, takes a piece until somebody wins. Exactly. He got 16 pieces. Yeah. Benign retaliation. I guess 15, because you always have to keep your king. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But no, it's been fun. uh, What was it? Oh, you got... Was was that you that messed with Bonnie Vino last night? Yeah. Okay. I got, like, a check in... I checkmate in seven (laughs) or something. (laughs) <laughs> Gio had never played before, and I was like, yeah. you can't beat him in four games. He's not going to want to play again, man. I didn't even mean to. I just saw it, and then I fucking... I did it. Here's, yeah. Here's your first lesson, rookie. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I'm not good to actually kick his... I'm not good enough to actually kick his ass on purpose. I just accidentally won. <laughs> just wandered into the, wandered into the form of check. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I've been having a lot of fun with that King's Gambit, man. It's a fun yeah. opening. I need more, and more openings and stuff. The only one I really know is London Defense. Okay. Because that's an interesting one, because it does provide a lot of protection. Like, mm-hmm. you got every square hit with a fucking... Like, it's a good pawn structure, kind of. Yeah. Have you seen Shock's chest before? Uh-uh. So every time you take a piece, it's, it's basically shot glasses that are shaped fancy. Oh, shot. Okay, yeah. I thought you said shocks. No, sorry, that would be fun too, though. A but shock treatment every time you make a move? Every time you take a piece, you just get a little zap. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Oh, that'd be so great. Like, take it, take it, take it. Ah! Right. But, yeah. Um, no, shot chess where all the all the pieces look, you know, they still look like chess pieces, but they're shots. Yeah. Of alcohol. And so when you take a piece, you have to take the shot. That's pretty interesting. Because we both, we both expressed a fascination with um, cannabis and chess. Yeah. Right? Like, mm-hmm. what was your theory behind it? It was like, you get to a point. Yeah, if you get stoned enough, you get to a point where, like, you just start getting better at certain things because you're not thinking as much about it. Right. It's more Just make it simple. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, uh, the same thing with pool. If you get stoned enough and start playing pool, then... You fucking just start cracking shots one after another, after another, after another. I keep wanting to discuss parallels here. So there's parallels between comedy and chess, and I, and I just keep... I What's know, the keep biggest one? To me, um... God, I just had it too. I probably shouldn't have gotten so much from the podcast. Um, <laughs> well, it was, it was a parallel between comedy and chess and how you were just talking about it. Instinct versus intellectualism. Mm-hmm. And so in comedy, you know, obviously the intellectualism comes from your writing... 
and your honing of these jokes, but there's also instinct involved on stage. Right. You know, the instinct that's telling you whether or not you should say the joke or whether or not you should play with the crowd or whatever. There's instincts involved, right, versus that intellectualism. Same thing with chess. You can read all the books in the world. You can know all the openings in the world. You can watch all the Twitch TV you want. Yeah. But then in the middle of the game, sometimes certain instincts come to you, mm -hmm. and then it totally, you know, changes the outcome of the game. Yeah, exactly. So that, yeah, I'm sorry. That took me a while to get there. Oh, no, no. That was a long I, walk, but... I see what you mean. It, I agree. I agree. There is, like... Uh, I think that's just true in life in general. So there's a lot of thought that has to be put into things, but you also have to be able to think on your feet. Right. Yeah. Am I boring you, Eric? No, no, I just didn't sleep at all last night. I woke oh, yeah. up at like uh, seven something this morning, which I know. Oh snap, dude! That's Jesus. really early. I know, but yeah. <laughs> that's the one thing about these mics, man. If I if I do have a good set, I'm buzzing till like four in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't help that. Yeah, it definitely does not help that Blue Donuts is right next to Blushing Blue. Right. So tempting. You eat a couple that. of those, and then you got a sugar rush to like five or something. Exactly. Like I, man, I think I gained some weight just smelling voodoo donuts last night. <laughs> it was so good. I was so sad. My favorite, uh, what? Because uh, you know, in the in the dispensary, they're bud tenders. Uh huh. In the bars, they're bartenders. Yeah. So if they're in the donut shop hawking donuts, what are they? Dough tenders. Yeah. Dough I guess so. Dough tender and donut don't, sweet tenders. I like the sweet tenders. I guess donut server is donut what server. you technically call them. I like dough tenders. Anyway, yeah. So my favorite dough tender is this super cute lady that always gives me donuts at Voodoo. And I'm always so happy to see her because she's absolutely adorable. But she mm -hmm. wasn't there last night and I was so disappointed. I was like, Wait, oh. Sorry, not to get off subject, but I don't think your toe tender would work because the thing <laughs> is, just hear me out, hear me out. Bartenders, they're pouring drinks from taps and they have booze that they're pouring from a bottle. Sure. Weed, they have uh, containers with like ounces in them and they'll put bud in and sure. sell you grams. With donuts, you're just getting a whole donut. They're you're bringing not... the fryer to the counter. Not really. Oh, they're pulling them straight from the fryer. That, just that would be them. a dough tender. Yeah, they're just pulling them off a rack. Yeah, exactly. You would have to do that to be a dough tender. So otherwise they're just a server. Ew. Yeah. It's not as fun to say. No. Server. It's not. You like dough tender. Right. Sweet tender? Because then I can play with it. Sweet tender keesies. Would that make McDonald people who work at McDonald's soda tenders? I'd say they were beef tenders. No, that's a good <laughs> Beef tenders are the guys in the cattle industry, right? So then right. Chick-fil-A has chicken tenders. Hey. Hey. Hey oh, we just and that's a bit, America. Don't steal that from us. We're using we're taking that on the road. Let's just play that clip of Patrice O'Neill saying, I'm a comedy genius. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I miss Patrice, man. I miss some of these greats. Geraldo, Nikki Rax and, and Cheyenne's always bringing up Geraldo. For some reason when you said Nikki Rax, I thought you we were gonna say he was one of the greats you missed that like fucking died. Oh, yeah, about. No, oh dear God. <laughs> yeah. no, Nikki Rax is very much alive. Right. Just because we haven't seen him in a movie mic in a while does not mean the worst. He's yeah. very much alive. Yeah. Hi, Nikki. I hope you're listening. I hope you're well. <laughs> um. <laughs> Jesus, Eric. <laughs> I know, right? For some reason, well, you, the way you said it was like, yeah. you know, Patrice O'Neill, Greg Geraldo, Nikki Rax. And then you were saying Nikki Rax talks about Greg yeah, Geraldo. Yeah, I'm missing, I'm missing my. I'm missing my public speaking basics. I've been, I've been <laughs> snacking on those a lot because uh, Russell was telling me I was mumbling in the car the other day and now I'm 
you know, I can't seem to talk squarely. I can't seem to get a good thought across. I understand that. Nikki's alive. Geraldo is not. Yes. We miss Geraldo. Uh, and quite frankly, I miss Nikki, too. Where, where have you been, you little fucker? You should be out at the mics, too. Like, right. That was a great crowd shot last night. He's flashing people somewhere. That's true. Yeah. I mean, it's granted, Jim Brewer was next door to Dillinger or something. So he was flashing Jim Brewer. I hope so. Same. You think, you think Jim has a nice little collection of dick pics from people that have flashed him in the past? Do you think no. he just keeps them? No. no I don't you think, think any celebrity would do that? I think I might. I mean, some are weird enough to do that. Like, I could see, like, a fucking, what was it? Not Phil Spector, but the other creepy British guy who... Tony played, Robbins? No, 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 no. He's, <laughs> he was the one who had gray hair, and then Jimmy Savile. Okay. He was the one that was like a horrible satanic pedophile. Oh. And then, well, nobody knew it until after he died. So, like, for his entire life, he was looked at as like a, like a fucking... The guy who did American Bandstand. Okay. And he, he, he did normal shows. He was mm-hmm. like a kid's entertainer. Yeah. And then it comes out after he died that, you know. Kind of like King Jellybean from Rick and Morty. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It really is King Jellybean from Rick and Morty. <laughs> he's like, the, he's that's best, who they base the character off of. He's even, he was even best friends with the Queen. Oh, snap. Yeah. I mean, Prince Charles probably hung out with him a lot. Where the hell did this come from? How did we get on satanic pedophiles? What were we talking about? I don't know. That's a problem I have a lot in my life is... I'll just start talking about satanic pedophiles. I think we went Greg Giraldo, Nikki Rack, satanic pedophiles. Right. Natural progression. Oh, no. We were talking about the Cheyenne Show. That's what I was trying to get on. The Cheyenne Show with Jim Brewer. Because they're satanic pedophiles in Cheyenne. I forgot about that. the show in his dressing room. No, I'm kidding. Right. Um... No, that was, that was good. I was, did you see, I was super jealous of some of the Cheyenne comics kept hanging out with Jim. Yeah, I didn't, I haven't seen the pics, but uh, it's it pretty was, cool. It was kind of funny. I mean, it's not like he got out of the car to like, Oh yeah, no, it was just them, it was, like, it was them ambushing his car like, and him being like, <laughs> okay, whatever. <laughs> he's driving from right. the venue. And like, ah, <laughs> it's just like. At that point, it was like taking pictures with Prince Charles or something. Yeah. I'm mean, Prince Philip. Prince Philip. Okay. <laughs> like you see the pictures of Jim Burr, and it's just him, and he looks 90 years old, and he's in his car, and then it's like somebody smiling I next knew. to them. It was him and Dr. Kev. So Jim had to have done at least... Who's Dr. Kev? I don't know. Wyoming. Of Wyoming famosity? I Interesting. I'm interested. I wonder why they didn't get like somebody from Denver to open up. I mean, it is Wyoming. There, there are comics in Wyoming. That That's true. Well. I mean, you yeah. Know, like Grant Tobler was from Wyoming. He's in he's in Colorado now. Yeah, he's um, hilarious. Um, Dominic can do an hour if they need him to. So is Josh Blue technically from Wyoming? Or no, he's he a Denver in, comic. He's always he's Denver. Been, he's hungry okay. in Denver for sure. Okay. Um, yeah, they have they have people in Wyoming. It's just right. You know, so they'll they'll get somebody local. I applaud for that. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, good old Brewer. Oh, maybe I'm still just sad I didn't get to see him, but. Right. It's fine. He was here. It would have been cool as hell. Yeah. I mean, he was in Colorado a lot, too. I mean, there, there was plenty of shows in, like, down... But he did Comedy Works South and Greenwood Village. Unless it's the oh, same thing. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty cool. Yeah, he did, like, three shows in Colorado. And then... I'm shocked he didn't... Uh, well, I'm, I'm, I shouldn't say shocked. I think it's interesting he didn't do the comedy for it, because... David Rodriguez, he gets, like, a lot of big names. Like, he had Eddie Pepitone come through. Yeah, when it was yeah. still Hodies. He's gotten a lot of big names, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Maybe 
Well, Jim Brewer also was... He's a theater act, though. Yeah, that and um, from what I understand, this is just my own little inside scoop on it, was he's... I mean, this is a money-making tour for the guy. Mm -hmm. And Comedy 4 can fit what, like... A few people. 40, 50, maybe yeah. right now because of the COVID protocol. So if, this away. as cool as it would have been for him to do comedy for, you know, and it would have been awesome for him to be there. I don't, I just don't think it would have been worth it for him financially, you know, to make what, a hundred bucks at that, at a brand new Fort Collins club that yeah. nationally is, is, is what, it's not, it's not like it's the comedy store or the comedy lounge, right? Or the comedy cellar just yet. Yeah, it's so, it's just a new thing that's in a small town. I mean, I tried. You, you saw the theater, you know, UCCC Union Colony Civic Center here. Uh -huh. in so I tried to actually broker a deal where we could get him to come to UCCC because they're opening up and they can do two hundred. Yeah, they can fill it up with two hundred people. They can do two hundred tickets at this venue. I call up Jim Brewer's uh, promoter guy, who's the same guy at Comedy Works, uh -huh. uh, and, does, and and represents a lot of national acts. Yeah, so like, can we get Jim Brewer to really? Two hundred people at this show. You can come here before he hits Cheyenne, and the answer was a hard no, <laughs> because because there's not enough people. Like if UCC was open and they could fit the eighteen hundred in there, for sure you would. Right. You know, and then the other part was like, oh, because uh, Cheyenne's not sold out. You're like, it's gonna sell out. Oh yeah. And they did. Yeah. They like. And they don't have any, like, mandates or anything. Right. 100% capacity, didn't have to wear the mask if you didn't want to. Right. Um, so, yeah, it was more, it made more sense for Jim Brewer financially to... Hit Wyoming. Hit Wyoming and kind of stuff. And again, you know, Greenwood Village, uh, all those other places probably fit more than 200 people in the, right. in the place safely, so... We interrupt this program to bring you a special news bullet. Hey, everybody, grab a pen and paper. About time, Papa Garcia tells you about all the open mics that are happening in Denver, Fort Collins, Northern Colorado area, and Cheyenne, Wyoming. Okay, you ready? Ready? Seriously, get a pen and paper, get your phone, whatever. Okay. Mondays. Monday, you've got Q Ramen, open mic, Q Ramen House. Monday is the first one you go to. Then you get your booty over to Epic Brewery, 3001 Walnut Street, Denver, that's how much I love the place. I memorized the address. So good. Some of the most refreshing brews you're ever going to taste. It's usually pretty full. Lots of comics show up. Lots of the big names show up to do a set there because it's a good room. It really is a good room. The bar staff is great. Epic Brewery is your Monday night open mic. Q Ramen, Epic Brewery, Monday night. Tuesday. You got a choice, man, on Tuesdays. You got to make a choice. Are you going to go to a quality mic? Or are you going to do a whole bunch of mics? Okay, because in Denver, you've got the lovely Christine Tomlinson doing her open mic at the Tavern in Lakewood. I think it's Tavern 26. Okay, you can do that one. Then you can also head on over to Stoney's Bar and Grill, where they got the back room back to do open mic there. And then you got the Hangover Bar for your late night mic. 9 p.m. to 12 a.m. is when they go. So you have a chance to do three mics in Denver on Tuesdays. Okay, Christine, Tavern in Lakewood, Stoney's Bar and Grill downtown denver and then you got hangover bar on sheridan okay three mics on tuesday or do what some of us like to do and get out to cheyenne wyoming it's only an hour away from Greeley, so it's a pretty feasible option get to cheyenne get to dillinger's dominic syracuse runs probably one of the best most supportive mics you're ever going to see i'm talking to some of these denver boys after they go there and their minds are just blown because they don't get a lot of comics it is cheyenne so you kind of get to choose your own lineup sometimes. Do a nice little pregame. 
Uh, the bar is wonderful, one of the best buttered bourbons in the state. Anne is probably one of the friendliest bartenders you're ever going to meet, Miss Clement. Dillinger's just a wonderful place. It's a nice little oasis of comedy. You should get there before it gets corrupted. Okay, so Dillinger's, Cheyenne, Wyoming. You can't miss it. Either take 25 or 85, and it's going to be right there. Wednesday night, people. Wednesday night's been kind of fun. It is the Blush and Blue Bar in Denver. Very fun little spot. I got a nice little green room for the comedians downstairs. You know, they dim the lights. They do everything right. It's Savage Entertainment Mike, hosted by Lisa and Lane Film. Lots of fun. Lots of big names there, too. Good networking opportunity. Blush and Blue Denver. Wednesday nights. Thursday. Has been my night to get up to Fort Collins for the Comedy Fort for the Colorado Room Show. David Rodriguez, Dan Jones are hosting that again. So if you want to see people do comedy and do it well, get up to the Comedy Forge Showcase on Thursday. That's been my opportunity to learn. But there are open mics in Denver. I believe it is Pallet City Open Mic at the Monkey Barrel in Denver. I want to say it's off of Tejon Street. But there, there are mics on Thursday. Friday, Saturday, Showcase Days. Sunday, there's a mic at X Saloon. Get out and do these mics. All right, Everybody has mic condoms. They're sanitizing stuff. They're following the protocol. There's no excuse for you guys not to get out and do some open mic, get some stage time. And if you're not a comedian, Thank you so much for listening. You're probably learning a whole bunch of stuff you didn't know about the comedy scene. Support your local venue. Moxie Theater has a showcase coming up this Saturday, tomorrow. It's going to be Nick Dean, Georgia Comstock, Jared Chandler, and it's going to be hosted by everybody's favorite Italian stallion, Dominic Syracuse. Next week, more comedy at the Moxie. we got Big Jake Hovis, Sammy Anser coming down April 9th. And we also got the Dead Room Comedy Boys. So you got some professionals coming in from Denver. Almost all of it is from Denver. Professional Denver comedy. Coming to the Moxie. April 9th. Danger Emerson and Jeff Stonic are hilarious. I love seeing them work. Come check them out. And then finally, this month, Patrick Richardson is going to come down with a comedy game show. So it's a brand new concept. Spark out of the mind of Patrick Richardson. Have some lunas. Have some drinks. Come enjoy a game show in your own backyard. You get to be a part of the studio audience for a game show. How often do you get to do that, right? You gotta come check it out. Everyone, thanks for listening. Support your local venues. Get on the Comedy Four mailing list. Get up to Fort Collins to check out the Comedy Four. It's so nice. It's so intimate. Uh, but don't forget, Moxie Theater is your poppy. All right, everybody, let's get back to the show. Did you see uh, Bert Kreischer when he came to Fort Collins? When he did the drive-thru? Collins? Yeah, he did the wow. drive-thru. I'm driving in. Oh, that's right. I remember that drive-in show because it, it was it wasn't just Bert Kreischer. Liza came through at the same show. No, she right? came at a different show. She had her own show. But it was like the same drive-in. Mm-hmm. In same drive-in. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I did not get to see him. I did not get to see Liza. I know a lot of the Fort Collins people got to. Right. Super envious of that. Very green with jealousy. Yeah. Don't be jealous. Do your I'm not show. jealous. Yeah, I'm yeah. exactly. I'm super happy. I'm sure there's people that are like, screw you, Rudy. You open for Josh Blue. What are you complaining about? So, <laughs> right. Yes. Okay. You're right. Check myself before I wreck myself. Exactly. Yeah, boy. So you're gonna take the five minute challenge or what? What's the five minute challenge? Coming up with a new five. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll come up with five on my own time. Screw you, I'm Jerry a strong, Cameron. independent man. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, I kind of took the challenge. I did. Yeah? Have you come up with me five minutes? No, I think I'm at a good solid two. Okay. <laughs> That's the thing. Five minutes is rough, man. It is. I mean, you hear that, like, the general public hears that, and they're like, ah, oh, five minutes. I mean, sorry, you come up with five minutes. No, no. Right. Five solid minutes that keep people laughing mm-hmm. from the first second to the last. Exactly. It's I hard. challenge you. It is not easy. You will go through 100 jokes. Or more. Right. You I might. think, like, 
Maybe if you did a minute challenge, we come up with a whole new minute. minute. You know, a three minute challenge might not be too bad because three minutes is what you would have to do anyway for new talent night. Yeah. So challenging yourself to do a new three minutes might be worth but it. But a new time. minute might be better just because then you actually have to force in the joke before, like, like that's the thing I think a lot of comics who haven't been doing it for a while face is, uh, and like I do it all the time too, where it's just, you bramble and you don't really get to the point. Yeah, that's one thing that was cool about New Talent Night at Denver was... They forced you to cut it down. Well, no, they didn't force you to do anything. But they just said, here's where you got your first laugh. Here's how many laughs you got per minute. Oh, the analysis. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I was talking about, like, you only get three minutes for New Talent Night. There's no way you're going to tell, like, the, the one storytelling joke. You know what I mean? Right. You have to... If you want that seven laughs per minute, you would have to cut the fat from your jokes in those Exactly. Because that's... Is it 21 laughs in that time? Yeah. That's what it would be. Seven laughs mm -hmm. per minute, three minutes, 21 laughs. Did you get seven laughs per minute? In that minute? teeny tiny little space of time. Has, that, has anybody hit that in your talent light that you know of? Oh, I'm sure they have. I don't know. I, I don't know anybody. Because, <laughs> again, I'm, I'm pretty antisocial. I'm sure there's a comic in Denver somewhere. Like, I bet Eric Shee might have fucking done it. I mean, David wanted, so you, you got to think he, he got close. Right. Right. Eric Tree must not be hitting up open mics or something. Cause I haven't seen him. Yeah. He is hilarious. Well, let's, let's talk about the advantages to being antisocial and doing comedy. The advantages of yeah, being Yeah, are there any advantages to being antisocial and doing comedy? There's got to be some. Uh, I mean, I guess like you get an outsider perspective to some degree. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't necessarily mean it'll be a funny perspective. It just is a different one, you know? Well, I mean, it's always good to see it. See, any sort of comedy from different angles and right. it's got to be valuable. But yeah, I, like, I think generally for comedy it's better to be more social than anti-social. I'm, I'm just an anti-social person, that, that's it. The wallflower effect. It's not like I choose to do it, I just I'm a fucking awkward fuck. I don't know, I mean, I've, I've been doing a podcast with you now and right. I've played plenty of chess game with you where... True. Not as bad as I used to be when I was like in middle school or something, I never talked like at all in middle school, you know. But yeah, I've been I've been kind of a mixture of both, and I guess it's called ambivert. When you're not an introvert or an extrovert, you're an ambivert. You're both. You're just in the middle. Yeah. So I mean, I, I can understand where you're coming from. There's times where I don't want to be around anybody and just kind of want to retreat. Right. And do my own thing. But then there's other times where I want to party with everybody. Mm -hmm. You know, and and when I do that, when I do get the chance to like go out party hardy, have fun that tends to be really draining and then I retreat. So it's kind of like tides in that respect. I do the same thing, yeah. And go out, have fun, then retreat. Go out, have fun, I think it's retreat. pretty, I think that's just a normal thing though. But you would prefer to retreat versus, and see for me, I don't really I care mean, anyway. I I come out and do stand-up though. So I can't say I'm like the most anti-social right. person in the world or anything. You gotta be somewhat social to even try and get up on stage. Yeah. It's just like more one-on-one -on -one stuff is where it gets hard. I see. Yeah. Which is probably why I don't get booked as much. It's not because I'm, like people think I'm a shitty comic or whatever. It's just I don't talk to any of the bookers. Yeah, like that's the main thing is you just gotta talk to people. Yeah, that is there is a there is a lot of truth in that. I mean, right. that's a lot of my day. That was a lot of my day today. Holy shit, getting people mm -hmm. just from out of state calling you and being like, hey, I want to be a part of the show and having to talk to people. But it's you know these shows. I I feel like I'm doing an okay job as far as scouting the state mm -hmm. and bringing you know, the funnier people to the moxie. Right. Like, if you've got a solid 10, you've probably done the moxie. Yeah. You know, if you're a headliner with a good 30, you've probably done the moxie already. So, 
It's just it's just a matter of that. It's got to be polished, man. Like people <laughs> people treat the Moxie like a C club, which okay, I get it, but you know it, it doesn't change the fact that people are paying money well, to come see you perform stand up. Even if it's only a C club, it's a fucking A club right now because it's one of the only theaters <laughs> open. You know, <laughs> A plus club, right? Triple A club. When it's the only thing around, it's yeah. an A cube yeah. club. Yeah. No. Yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, we also got Millennium, though. I don't want to say they stepped back from comedy, but they're branching out to new things. They got, like, hot country nights over there now, and, like, comedy and dance. It's, I, uh, it's interesting. Well, that makes sense, though. I mean, yeah. Weld County is an interesting place. It like, is definitely, yeah. My sister, she technically lives in Weld County, even though she's in Johnstown. But she told me that, like, people were flying their flags at half-mast when Rush Limbaugh died. Oh, wow. Which is hilarious. Dear Lord, yeah. I can agree with that after the Boulder shooting, but not after Rush Limbaugh. After Rush Limbaugh, it's just... Limbaugh. Like, that, that's just funny. I, I never did like that guy. Was, nah. He was very abrasive to, yeah. to in, in my... But I guess a lot of people really agreed with his ideologies. I mean, yeah, some people do, but... He comforted a lot of people. There's also a lot of people who are fucking retards. So. Right. <laughs> yeah. well, I mean, Alex Jones will step up to the mantle, I'm sure, if he Did, hasn't tried to already. <laughs> I, I love watching Alex Jones, but I don't take any of it seriously. It's scary when people take it seriously. It's a, it's a weird persona. For it sure. is. I can't imagine that that's him in real but, life. That is a persona for sure, right? To be fair, he has, like, exposed some weird shit. Like, I'm, I know this is all shit Joe Rogan has talked about on mm. his podcast and whatever. Joe but in his 9-11 documentary, he actually did show off how, like, at these World Trade protests that they were having... They sh- he showed off how there were cops sneaking in dressed as civilians and then starting shit so that way the cops could come in and shut down the protest. Yep. And that's something that was definitely happening with Black Lives Matter protests mm-hmm. just this year. So, like, you know, there is certain... The thing is, though... You don't expect truth to come like, from that. Patrice O'Neill had the funniest and most truthful thing I've ever heard about conspiracy theorists where he said, like... If a guy comes up to you, and he's really crazy, he's like a homeless guy, right? And he's like, he says, uh, two plus two is four. He's not wrong, but like, well, it, here's the thing. Two plus two is four. But if he also just starts shoving marbles up his ass, that doesn't mean two plus two isn't four. <laughs> he's, <laughs> that's what Alex Jones is. He's just a crazy guy shoving marbles up his ass. I would explain so much. Right. So stuffed up. Oh, man. So it's not a stick of his ass, it's marbles. Yeah, exactly. Makes sense. But I saw a clip of uh, one of his shows the other day, just on YouTube or something, and it was... He just had, like, llamas wandering throughout his entire studio. It was so fucking weird. Like, like, there's a part where he's into this camera, (laughs) and then a llama just walks by like a muppet. (laughs) (laughs) It's so weird. This is my, this is my, um, what do they call those animals, like, uh, spirit animals? No, 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 the animals that help the people. God, I cannot think today. Oh, this is my, um... Emotional support llama. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> you got it. Yeah, it's hilarious. Did you watch the um, 
Have you watched the Andrew Schultz interview with Alex Jones? Oh, God, no. I, I, that's brilliant, though. I love it. You actually interviewed Alex Jones? Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, but YouTube took it down. But I'm sure uh, you can find it somewhere. I'm sure somebody downloaded it. But um, it's one of the funniest interviews I've ever heard. Because, like, when Joe Rogan interviews Alex Jones, he'll actually, like, fact-check him and, like, try to be smart about it and mm-hmm. stuff. Whereas Andrew Schultz was just laughing at Alex Jones the entire time. Like, he, he, like Alex Jones at one point goes, uh, yeah, you know, Prince Philip is the new Dracula. He lives in Dracul's castle. And Andrew Schultz just started laughing and going, what the fuck are you talking exactly. about? I mean, yeah. yeah. Alex Jones is the greatest comedian of our generation. Mm-hmm. You know yeah, he is. If, if you just assume everything that he talks about is a joke, he's pretty brilliant. Right, like, if he would have been a Colbert-type character, right? then imagine, like, how people would love him. I do miss the Colbert Report. Colbert Report's way better than so Late Night with Stephen Colbert. Yeah. yeah I like, mean, Late Night with Stephen Colbert is... It's CBS. Boring. It's David Letterman's CBS formula. David Letterman's show was good, though. That's the thing. David Letterman liked being a talk show host. What is it? I mean, David Letterman never went through a pandemic either, though. Yeah, you know. but like, even before the pandemic, Colbert was just boring. I don't know. I'm having opinion. trouble picturing Letterman in the same situation as Colbert. He went through 9-11. Okay, but what I'm saying is like he's always had a live studio audience to kind of back him up. You know? Oh, yeah. Except for that one, re- no, even then, that one recent show... Um, I guess needs no introduction. He still has an audience. Right. You know, so Colbert is doing all this for the past year. Him, Trevor Noah, John Oliver, all those guys. But doing this with that. Conan audience. is still doing his show with no audience. And uh, his show's way better than Colbert's even with no like audience. Just say you I don't like do Colbert. like Colbert <laughs> when he was doing the Colbert Report. It was funny. <laughs> and don't get me wrong, like, uh, fucking, what was it? Harvey Birdman, attorney at law. Mm-hmm. Colbert's hilarious in that show. Right. But just as a stand-up, I mean, like, as a, a late night show, show host. Yeah. yeah. I don't like it. Do you have a favorite of the late nights right now? Conan. I I, really? Yeah. Okay. Because Conan, he's the goofiest and he's the funniest. He is wacky. And he, it seems more natural when he starts laughing and enjoying the show versus, like, you know... Jimmy Fallon's show might be goofier and wackier yeah, yeah, yeah. to some degree, but it's forced and it doesn't feel as funny. I agreed with the decision to make Jimmy Fallon the host of the Tonight Show, but I think his tenure has run its course. Yeah, like somebody else needs to come in now. Yeah, I think I think it's but probably who, a good idea for him to sit down. It's Seth Meyers after him, right? Even Seth Meyers is better than Jimmy Fallon, right? But here's the thing, Seth Meyers is getting to be old too. He's the same age as Jimmy Fallon. You know, I, I would be okay with like a, a weekend update late night show. Mm-hmm. If weekend update was just like a late night show, I'd be okay with that. That'd be like if we can get Colin and like Jay to I think, do the tonight show. I think they actually have thought about doing that before, where they just have weekend update as its own thing. Yeah, because it already is its own thing. Like mm-hmm. all of the people who write the weekend update are the people who perform the weekend update. Right. Yeah. That's why Norm McDonald's was so funny. Because it was Norm McDonald writing all the jokes. You know, I should have done that bit where we write jokes for each other. That would have been great tonight. Oh, yeah? Yeah. (laughs) 
That's one of my like, favorite parts that we can update. <laughs> like the bad jokes. When Shay writes jokes for Colin and he has to say them on, mm-hmm. and they end up being like the most racist things that could come out of a white person's mouth. <laughs> yeah. Ah, it's comedy gold for me. But, <laughs> if I, yeah, and then Norm Macdonald's just sitting there like <laughs> with the biggest shit-eating grain I've ever seen. Yeah. I love that interview with um, he did with Conan where they were with the star of Chairman of the Board of that which was the Carrot Top movie mm-hmm. and Norm Macdonald just kept shitting on the movie the entire time and then eventually it ends with um, like the actor saying the movie is named Chairman of the Board and then Conan says yeah do something with that you weirdo and then Norm Macdonald just stops for like two seconds and goes yeah I bet it's spelled B-O-R-E-D <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. What's he doing now? Is he doing anything? He's, I don't know. He's got like a pot or something. That's it. I mean, yeah, probably. That's all right. I love. The, I love the new formula for comics. Is you have to have a podcast to be authentic or something. Yeah. I mean, pretty soon podcasts will. Like, I mean, it already they're already starting to die. It's, it's yeah. a video podcast now that's taking over everything. So right, video podcasts are cool too. But. I mean, these are nice for taking the drive. Exactly. Like nice long drive. I still listen to Duncan Trussell's <laughs> podcast. Do we have any? Because we're, we're, we're younger comics, right? Like, this, that's basically... The, the whole premise yeah. of this podcast is comedy news, which, what's the news in Northern Colorado for comedy? Uh, comedy for Moxie Theater, Dillinger's. Yeah. Drats Brewing is coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Max Line Brewing had a show yeah. the other yeah. day. So so check your favorite comedy haunts. They should be coming back. Uh, that's the news. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> but then we also try and feature, you know, like local northern Colorado comedians. Eric Thompson is out of Fort Collins. Um, I wanted to make it like a, a little bit instructional just to give some tips and stuff for, for new comics that do listen. But then Talking Chop is coming back. So like Anthony Crawford is doing little snippets now on TikTok. Okay. For his talking shop podcast, which was in Colorado, there's two there's two podcasts for teaching mm-hmm. stand up, you know, and we just talk about how much we hate teaching. But this isn't, you know, it's not a classic day, it's completely free. Yeah. So it's a talking shop podcast hosted by Anthony Crawford, and then it's Stand Up Explained, hosted by Brand Tobler. Okay. And so they're both just like if you're a new comic or you've never done comedy before, check these out, learn from them, and then get up on stage if you want to. But is there anything um, are there any is there like a pet peeve or is there anything that you've seen a lot of these newer comics doing? Well, to be fair, we are newer comics. We're True. only two years in. So. True, but like people yeah. that are younger than us. That like a few months in. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, let's say you just started and like, have you been seeing like any sort of room for improvement? I'll put it that way. Um, Punchlines. People, punch. exactly. yes. people should have punchlines. Thank lines. you. Yeah. Thank you so much, Eric Thompson. Oh, God. <laughs> it's so frustrating. I don't. I mean, I get it. The storyteller, st- the storyteller style is easy to get into. But there's got to be tags and punchlines yeah. in the story itself. Like, you gotta. Uh, like, you know, I think storytelling is a really interesting thing, honestly. And I think it's like people who do storytelling, like storytelling comedy, air quotes, right? Mm-hmm. Is like another way if. Like, you say that's your only style and you only do storytelling. That's a good way to say that you don't have, uh, like, you have three minutes of silence and then one thing right. that might be funny at yes. the end. Yes. Whereas, like, um, a thing I learned in storytelling was this thing called Meanwhile. 
it, it, every scene in any story pretty much goes by this formula called therefore but therefore meanwhile back at the ranch and it like each one of these things creates a snowball effect until eventually a big climax the therefore but therefore thing is essential to comedy to comedy storytelling itself too because then you can add jokes in the therefore but therefores because that's kind of just like and when i say therefore but therefore i should say it's a uh, it's when a story has a character where they go through a therefore, but therefore. So it's like Batman was a regular kid hanging out with his parents. Therefore, one night they went to a movie and they were walking home, but there was a fucking mugger who shot his parents and therefore you know, this is a bad example, but you get one. <laughs> this is the greatest example. Yeah. <laughs> Therefore, this kid has to go out and kill the mugger eventually. Right. And then yes. the meanwhile back at the ranch is how you get back to another plot thread you were setting up, right. which they do a lot in Star Wars and stuff. Sure. But yeah, like, I think in those Therefore But Therefore sections, you can add in a lot of funny shit, but people never do it. Yes. I love Dillinger's, but that's my main kind of pet peeve from that mic is there's so many storytellers in the Wyoming comedy scene mm -hmm. and it's just you know you get there and you listen you, you want to be a good audience member of course you want right. to support your fellow uh, brethren in the comedy scene and, but man guys like the stories are stories yeah they're, they're a long freaking four minute story with one punchline at the end and that's I mean I get that that is a form of comedy yeah but this is the bar show, homie. Like, you got to bring punch, 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 punch if you, ex if you expect to keep the audience. Right. Because here's what happens. Correct me if I'm wrong. If you tell, tell me if you've heard this. Hmm. Storyteller gets up there, starts telling a story, and then you hear the audience get louder. Oh, yeah. Louder yeah, yeah, yeah. And louder. And they're telling the story. And pretty soon you're not hearing the comic anymore. Or you hear his background noise. It happens all the time. Oh. Okay. So, yeah, that's a good example mm -hmm. of, of stories. And, and, yeah, that's, I mean, it sounds really simple, but... It, it really it, take every three lines or every two lines add a punchline figure out something to add that's funny because exactly. you gotta keep this audience into it another pet peeve hold the mic to your face so you yes actually etiquette yeah because like I remember at Hody's there was this pretty funny old guy that used to go, he wasn't funny when I say pretty funny I mean fucking weird he wasn't actually funny mm -hmm. you know but um, he was just this like nice old deadhead looking dude who would come in to Hody's and you know he'd always hold the microphone but he held it like down by his stomach so you could never hear a thing he was saying and every comic would come up to him night after night and be like hey man just hold the microphone to your mouth and like then people can hear what you say and then the time he finally does hold the mic to his mouth it's just all this pro-Trump's America, and he drops a whole bunch of <laughs> N-bombs. <laughs> uh, yeah. Some people shouldn't hold the mic to their face, yes, I guess. But yeah, that's the moral of that story. No, I see what you're saying. When you go to your, when you go to your open mic, or you're, mm -hmm. you're doing your first open mic, or whatever, you're just doing mics. Always pay attention to the host. That's part of the reason the host is biting the bullet. Watch how they're holding the mic. Yeah. Watch how far away it is from their face. The mm -hmm. mic is either going to have a bubble... 
that you can speak into and people are going to hear you clearly or you're going to have to eat that mic which means it's closer to your lips and, and you're more like an MC trying to do a rap battle at that point right but yeah definitely pay attention to the host and the first few guys that go up before you otherwise you know you might have a bad set and it's not your fault at all. It's the fact that nobody could hear what you were saying. Exactly. Because you weren't holding the mic. Right. You know, you have the best punchlines in the world. Don't mean nothing if I can't hear them. And uh, don't forget to move the mic stand out of your way. Yes, get the mic stand out of your way. Yeah. First, first thing, get up there, grab the mic, give it up for whatever bar I'm at, move the mic stand out of the way, start your jokes. Uh, some of my funniest, like some of the things I think are funniest from comedians are like when they fuck with the mic stand. For instance, uh, Nate Brown. Well, I was thinking Sam Kinison. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot how does Nate Brown fuck with the mic stand? Didn't you see him? Were you the, you, you oh, he, oh yeah, yeah. He kept, he kept you were too busy putting Bonnie Vino in a four four move check. No, right, right. Try to do the Mario bit. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it works with the stand like the one I'm using. But they were using a mic boom mic stand, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he couldn't do it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> It just collapsed and angled. <laughs> right. It's like the flagpole just split in half. Yeah. yeah. It's just hilarious. Yeah. But yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's a good example. Or I remember Sam Kinison in one of his first specials. When he gets on stage, he just, like, knocks the microphones. He just knocks the mic stand over, like, out of anger. And then he starts looking at the audience all pissed off and shit. We do. So, you know, uh, are you familiar with Buckley's set at all? Uh, yeah, Christy a little Buckley. bit. Uh-huh. You know at the end how she does the pallbearers bit? Uh-huh. Dude, so this is my equipment, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I was using this mic stand at that stage. Uh-huh. And my, I just, like, my heart just dropped. Because she picks up the stand and just, like, slams it on the ground. <laughs> like, ah, no! My equipment! But no, I get it. Like, right. I, I love George Lopez, why are you crying? He uses the microphone cord and, mm-hmm. like, everything. Like, if you can use, the more you can figure out how to use the mic stand, the microphone the cord in your comedy like it just seems like you're coming up with stuff out of nowhere it's right like, those are your props <laughs> but don't don't fuck with them for too long otherwise it just becomes tedious and not yeah. funny yeah don't bring another bag full of props on stage unless you want to be the next carrot top right so, you know what's interesting there, there's a lot of different forms of the craft being represented in Colorado right now we have ventriloquists lots of storytellers we have one comics. comics I don't think we have prop comics Okay. You should be going. I think no, no. I think I think Geo is the closest thing we have to a prop comic because of the costumes, right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Because he does like to wear the costumes. Yeah. So if you're looking for, but there's no like, no improv, no improv. No right. Improv in the comedy scene right now. Um, you know the thing is, uh, fuck improv. That <laughs> 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 shit sucks. The only funny improv I've ever seen was Whose Line Is It Anyway? And oh. everything else kind of just blows. And I heard the satisfact about Whose Line the other day. That they What's would, it? They would record it for like three to four hours uh-huh. at a time, and then they would only air the funny parts. So Whose Line is basically a condensation of like a four-hour show. Right. Into like 20 minutes of the best bits. But that's why it's funny. But can you imagine being an audience member? Yeah. Like for four hours. Well, did they have the same people? audience for four hours? I don't know. I don't know, I just know they had audience for four hours. Because I feel like maybe they'd swap it out. Like, it'd be smarter to swap out the audience every hour so that way it feels, you know, new. And it feels like these... Like, you know, if eventually you're just going to see the same audience members over and over again in the show. That's what I'm saying. I see the point that you're getting at, but right. like, I guess you could tell by seeing whether or not it's the same members in the show every...
Comics and Bars Throwing Axes is brought to you by the Greeley Hatchet House. Get on over here. Throw some axes. Let go of that Greeley aggression. We all know you have it. I still see you guys running around without a blinker on. So come on down. Greeley Hatchet House in the old Florio Shoe Shop, downtown Greeley, the heart of Wonderfree, Florian, Greeley, Colorado. Throw some axes at the wall. They got a walk-up Wednesday special. $20 gets you your lane reserved. They got $2 brewskis on that day. If you can't come on a Wednesday, definitely try and make it out on weekend. Come see your friends. They're all there. Believe me, all your friends are at the Hatch House on the weekend. So come on out. Throw some axes. Have some fun. GreeleyHatchetHouse.com. GreeleyHatchetHouse.com. Throw some axes at the wall. This jingle is not official. And the only reason whose line was good was for because of three people. They didn't have to smell Drew Carey the whole time. Yeah, it was Colin, the other guy, and Wayne. Yeah, Colin Mockery, Ryan yeah. Stiles. And Colin, Ryan, and Wayne. That's it. Those are the reasons and they whose have, line exists. I mean, they have people who rotate in that third spot, though, who are fucking hilarious. Like yeah. Robin Williams Rick was Krups. one of them. Yeah. yeah. Rick Groups was on there a lot. Robin uh-huh. was good. Um, Joan Rivers, Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah, a lot of good uh, guest comics on there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Really is one of the funniest shows ever, though. It was, yes. Yeah. And I did see um, Colin and the other guy when they did um, when they toured, mm-hmm. and they were doing theaters and that ending bit with the mouse traps. Yeah. Oh, the first time I saw that, I was rolling. Right. Oh man, that thing is hilarious. Uh, yeah, that makes sense that they just cut down all the bits and stuff from Who's Line because I've seen other uh, improv things that Drew Carey has done with like. Um, who was the other guy that always wore bowling shirts that was, like, in the third slot a lot? I know you're talking about tall, kind of clean cut. Yeah, yeah, that guy. Yeah, the guy that toured with Colin. Exactly. Yes, I don't know his name. Well, <laughs> him and Drew Carey did an improv special, and I could only watch, like, five minutes of it. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying, like, because there, there are some improv groups, and there are comedy, like, sketch groups uh-huh. in Colorado, and I guess, I don't know, I, I, to me, like, the, that whole premise seems exhausting that you would have to do four hours of material before you got anything good right you know and like you know what you know uh do you listen to the bonfire at all it's the sirius xm show it's big j okerson and dan soder oh no no serious for me they oh you can also people pirate I'm sure it find it if i want to yeah, yeah people but. pirate it on youtube and they don't care they actually sure. like encourage it awesome. but uh I was going to say, they did this whole, like, hour-long thing on their show where they were just making fun of, uh, what's their names? The two guys that did the improv stand-up special on Netflix, you remember them? Like, um, it, it was the guy from Parks and Rec and then the other guy from Silicon Valley. Okay. And uh, uh, they did, like, three separate hour-long specials that were improv and watching recorded improv is the worst thing I've ever fucking seen but it it is weird because Netflix was calling it a comedy special for each one of those things and they got paid too they probably got paid oh yeah they got paid a shit ton for dog shit yeah yeah Yeah. Netflix yeah Netflix if you're listening we got way better stuff than those guys I'm going to Hulu anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I, I asked this question to everyone of the comics on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Just because I got to know. Yeah. Why comedy, Eric? Why do you do this? We torture ourselves. I, like I said earlier, I like to complain about shit. <laughs> but your, your set isn't very complainy, though. Your set isn't all that judgy. No, it's judgy towards myself. Mm-hmm. You know? I, I just do... I don't, like, judge other people hard, harshly because... 
I don't know, it, it takes too much energy. And I'm, you know, here's the thing, I'm a bit of a narcissist as well, <laughs> not gonna lie. Even if you just beat yourself up all the time, that's still playing yourself in focus constantly. True. But, uh, yeah, I think, like, the honest reason I got into comedy was just, uh, I was bored as fuck, not doing anything <laughs> with my life. And I've always loved stand, I mean, I'm just being honest. Yeah, no, I get uh, it. And I've always loved stand-up. Like, ever since I was a little kid, I've always watched, like, Richard Pryor, George Carlin, mm -hmm. um, all the Comedy Central roasts. And I figured, fuck it, I might as well just try. Because I've seen a whole bunch of fucked up shit anyway. So you love the craft, and mm -hmm. you decide to go with, at least for your first few years, with the self-depreciating style. Yeah. 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 I see that a lot, and I recommend it. Right. Because it's very hard for people to steal your material if you're making fun of yourself. Also, it's uh, easy to get the audience on your side. Because, right, because they're going to make fun of you anyway. Well, they're internally mm -hmm. going to judge you. Mm -hmm. So if you don't address the shit that they're seeing immediately, then they're just going to be like, do they know? Right. Yeah. That's half of the reason that I do this dumb man boobs bit all the time, is because they're there. Let's talk about right. them. Right. You're seeing them. You want to talk about them. Let's exactly. talk about them. Let's talk about them funny way. Well, like that's uh, Louis Anderson is another hilarious comic, right. but that's one of his jokes where he was like, uh, people look at me and they, they ask, do you think he knows he's fat? <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been seeing kind of like um, basic joke structures come out of a lot of like the same uh, premises. Your name, yeah. you take your name, find out what's funny about your name, make jokes about that. Yeah. Your appearance, find mm -hmm. out what is the most glaring thing about your appearance, make fun about that. Right. Um, your personality, um, yeah. All the shit that adds up to a first impression. Right. Yes, yeah. exactly. It's a good place to start for younger people. And then, I guess, we were talking about pet peeves earlier, you had your couple. For me, it's relatability. Yeah. For me, it's comics that go up there and talk about stuff that cannot possibly relate to the rest of the audience. Right. You know, and I'm like, I get that you're working on material, but holy shit, read the room. You, and if you don't have material for a room like that, mm -hmm. write some fucking material for a room like that. Right. Because it's so hard for me to see people in, like, certain industries go up there, talk about their industry, and then nobody else in the room knows what the hell they're talking about. So yeah. it's just dead silence on that. Yeah. I'm like, oh, man, talk about anything else, please. Right. But, yeah, that's always been big kind of ugh, moment for me. Okay, I get that. I get cringy. I get cringy when I yeah. when I see that. I was like, oh, man. When it's just people who are like, uh, like they think everybody's going to find train jokes hilarious or something yeah. like that. Yeah, I just, I don't know. It's, and then there is a line, I guess. I don't know. I, I have yet to, I'm, the more I see audiences, the more I realize there's a line for audience members. Not necessarily comics. We should be able to take anything. Mm -hmm. We should be able to find the funny in anything. So right. we find very few things offensive. But um, there was a there was an instance where a comic was doing rape jokes at the Moxie. Yeah. And actually had a couple people leave the room. Mm -hmm. Not for the show. Yeah. Just, we just don't want it triggers us. We don't want to see. We don't want to hear this right now. Right. And then they went back to the rest of the show. So kudos to them. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's that, that can happen. Mm -hmm. I get that. It, it's and the weird thing is, you never know what town is going to take what jokes. Exactly, yeah. You'd think, you'd think that like the blue-collar towns like Weld County, anybody in Weld County, or even the, mm -hmm. the Wyoming scene, would be able to take anything because they're so blue-collar. But in fact, they're pretty sensitive about but, certain things. Right, that's the thing. I think it changes. So like, um, in more liberal places, where it's like more SJW or whatever you want sure. to call it, 
they're a lot more open to sexual jokes. Like, they're a lot more willing to go along if you're talking about something sexual. Mm -hmm. But if, like, you start going political, or if you start going, like, um, like, you start talking about other things like that, that's when they'll get cold. But if you go, like, political in Wyoming rooms, they don't give a fuck. Yeah. But if you start talking about sex in Wyoming rooms, they'll... Yeah, they climb up on you. Yeah. Or, or crystal meth jokes in Wyoming. Yeah. It's, but it's a problem up there. It's right. not funny up there. Exactly. And, but, you know, to be fair, it's a problem in Loveland, too. Like, sure. I've known a few people who have all smoked meth. But, in, if like, you do, but if you circle. do a meth joke in Loveland, it's going to kill. You know, yeah. You may not. It, people will laugh at that. Why right. People don't laugh at meth jokes. It's insane. Yeah. <laughs> not insane. It's just something you should know. Well, it's hard to laugh when your jaw keeps cranking. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> when, you, when you remind them of what they would rather be doing. Exactly. Right. Yeah, no. So, yeah, I mean, and then we were talking about that, too, how um, how interesting it was that I do some jokes that poke fun at Jesus, mm -hmm. and they don't do as well in Wyoming or Weld County, but at Blush and Blue, they kill. Yeah. So. Because, well, and also, like, Weld County and Wyoming are both very Christian. Very Christian, very yeah. religious, yes. Denver, not so much. Right. A little bit more liberal. And mm -hmm. maybe they believe Jesus for a lot of stuff, so who knows? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, Denver just has a lot more people in general. Like, there's hard Krishna temples in Denver and stuff. Mm -hmm. So, whereas, like, I fucking dare you to try and find a hard Krishna temple in Cheyenne. <laughs> I dare you. And there's a lot of people that practice Satanism, too, and, like... Denver County has to fight. Denver, yeah. Colorado, yeah. I've, I've, met, right. I've met a few Satanists in Colorado. Yeah. I was like, oh, I'm okay, that's interesting. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a fun little state. Mm -hmm. But then, like, if you go to Wyoming and tell them you're a Satanist, they'll... Right, they'll probably burn you at the stake. They'll drag you behind their truck or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> well, I mean, Cheyenne isn't too bad, to be honest. Like, No, yeah. It's when you start going out of Cheyenne, going to the small, small towns yeah. of, like, 500 people. Kind of like the Utah effects. Salt Lake yeah. is fine. Uh -huh. When you go to Provo, you better watch out. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if you go to Laramie, then you're not going to fucking do any Jesus jokes. You're not right. going to do any sex jokes. You're going to... The only thing you're going to really be able to fucking joke about is like, uh, I don't know, Lawrence Welk or something. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Here comes a sneeze. Look out. Uh, <coughs> nice. Excuse me. Oh, yeah, dude. Good job. Yeah, I've been practicing my sneeze into the elbow. I'm going to start telling people good job and stuff, bless you, when they sneeze. I always used to like saying, uh, shh. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. Somebody sneezes, like, shh. All right. Concentrate here. I'm yeah. Concentrating on nothing. Good times. So, uh, do you have, so you're a new comic. Mm -hmm. Is there a resource that you would recommend to other new comics that is just indispensable or has been indispensable to you? Comedy podcasts. Okay. And uh, like, particular? well, um, you know, a lot of the LA ones are really good for that stuff where it's like listening to Bobby Lee and like Andrew Santino. Just listen to how all of those guys do their own stuff. Bert Kreischer, honestly, is really good at explaining stand-up okay. to me, in my opinion. Like, when he talks about how he thinks for jokes and stuff, I get it. And, like, I can... I see a lot of the stuff he's talking about. Uh, Ron Funches is also mm -hmm. pretty cool. He's a... Uh, and, and then there's, like, one specific episode of Mean Spiration that Annie Lederman did... 
Okay. That she did, like, it's one of her earlier episodes, like before 15 or something. Uh-huh. But it's really interesting because it's just her going through, like, in a very harsh, blunt way, going through all of her Instagram messages after she asked people to ask her for advice for stand-up and then, like, telling them what they need to do. Because, like, there's this one guy who sent her a video that said, yeah, uh, I'm easily the best comic under 21. <laughs> and, like, she played his, his set, set on the podcast <laughs> just so you could see he's not the greatest comic under 21. <laughs> There's a lot of ego in those 20s, man. It's crazy. Yeah, especially, like, if any performer has a lot of ego. Mm-hmm. Even the guy doing puppets at a fucking kid's party has got some ego. Puppets at an open mic. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. We've got ventriloquism comedy in Colorado. What? Fight us. His name is Jeff Dunham. He's <laughs> fallen quite a bit, but he's making his way back up. <laughs> I know like three ventriloquist comics. One of them from the open mics in Colorado. Jeff uh-huh. Dunham. And then there was another guy, Taylor... Terry Fader. No, no. Fator, no. There's another guy from like Jersey up in New York. Oh, okay. Terry uh, something else. He does a pig. Yeah. Taylor yeah. Kraft, maybe? I remember my mom knew this old Jewish couple from New York, and they loved to do ventriloquism at open mics and stuff. It's an interesting little craft, for yeah. sure. I mean, you know, no disrespect, I think ventriloquists are still better than prop comics. <laughs> is it, but is a ventriloquist a prop comic? I mean, technically, I guess, but it is a prop that's a character. And sure. And, like, you talk to it and stuff. I don't know. You know, like, people give a lot of shit towards ventriloquists, but it's not easy. It can be funny sometimes. Like I I loved Jeff Dunham when yeah, I was I love a kid. Peanut. I love Peanut. Yeah. I love Jose Elephant. Oh, yeah. that's it. Sure. I think he just got so big that like now people associate it with uh, like the same with Dane Cook. Mm-hmm. Like Dane Cook, people loved Dane Cook, but then he just got too big and there was a backlash. Dane Cook sold out. Right. Uh, but like, yeah. It's, uh, like, yeah, I mean, that's what people thought of Dan Cook, is he did sell out, even though he wasn't, like, really a fucking artistically... He was, like, underground, and then he sold out. It was weird. I, I, yeah. I remember, like, you were, like, if you knew of a Dan Cook comedy special, you were kind of cool. Right. And then if you kept up with them, you were kind of cool. And then he blew up, and then if you kept up with them, suddenly you're lame. Yeah, so now you're a douchebag. Right. Okay. Sure. Good for you, Dan Cook. <laughs> I think it's interesting how his brother screwed him out of so much money. It's there's a lot of that going around in the comedy world, man. Like there's, no. there's a lot of really shady managers and stuff. Exactly. Screw people out of hundreds of dollars. I always think about like um imagine the balls you must have had to be Don King when he stole money from Mike Tyson. <laughs> like well, how fucking ballsy do you have? It's not to like leave? Tyson can dodge a bullet, though. Like I'm sure. Yeah, but Tyson still beat the shit out of him. <laughs> As he should have. Yeah, exactly. But like, I mean, you know, the thing about Tyson is like, maybe he he could probably take a few bullets and then still beat the shit out of you. He seems like the type of guy who has that much rage built up inside of him. Muscle that could take a twenty-two and not even flinch. Exactly. Yeah. Hmm. Don King stole money from Tyson. Uh huh. Yeah, I was thinking. Like, I was watching this interview with uh, a guy named MC Search. He was like, he's considered the first cool white guy of rap. 
because they he was part of this band called Third Base. They came out before, well, like same year as the Beastie Boys, but the Beastie Boys were considered more more legit than the Beastie Boys. Okay. Because they weren't as frat guy and like rock and rollish. But I just remember uh, hearing him talk about. I don't know why I brought this up. It's, it's just kind of random. The guy MC Search was actually the first person to sign Nas. He said he specifically didn't want to screw him over like Don King or anything. He's also a Jewish guy, and he figured that would just be a bad stereotype to reinforce. Yeah, very business savvy. That. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, it's weird. Like you can't just. So he's avoiding a stereotype, but then he perpetuated another. So it's how so? Well, you know, avoiding, avoiding being a bad business person, but Jewish people are notoriously known for being good business people. So yeah. it's like you, you can't win either way. So. Right. Or at least with the stereotypes, I suppose. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, man. Coming down to the hatchet throwing place. We can still throw if you want. Sure. Um, yeah. uh, Eric's going to get booked on all the shows in the coming months. Oh, yeah. yeah. But because of this pod. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you coming down. Of course, man. Thank uh, you for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming to all the mics. It's been fun. And all the chess games. Plus, it's a cool bar. I mean, just like throwing axes and shit. Yeah, for a little. I mean, they have one for Collins, too. Do they? Yeah, I think they have an actual place in Fort Collins. Where is it? On college. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to start hitting that one up more then. Yeah, feel free to throw some more in. Hell yeah. Sounds good, man. Thank you, Eric. Hey, thank you. Peace. Peace. So, are you more like the guy that prefers longer podcasts? I want to thank my guest today, Eric Thompson. He's got a tight tent. Booker's booking for your show. He made the trip down to Greeley so he could throw some axes, talk some comedy. Can't thank you enough, Eric. I hope all the comedy gods smile on your punchlines. I hope everything goes well in Fort Collins' comedy scene. Hey, everybody. Thanks for taking the time to listen to Comics and Bars Throwing Axes today. Really appreciate that you did that. We're trying to get to 500 subscribers. Tell your friends. Let them know that I'm here representing our humble little stink down. And let them know. Really, Colorado has comedy. And we're coming for you. We're coming for your showcase. All right, everybody. You guys take care. It looks like the warmer, and we're getting some warmer weather. It's warming up out there. It's going to be nice outside. Everybody get out. Enjoy that sunshine. Enjoy each other. Take care of each other. And don't forget, love is the greatest weapon. Laughter is even more powerful. Peace. But now he's not so all alone.